Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, it's Chris. This is the second part of a two-part episode on scams. If you haven't listened to part one, stop right now. Go back into your feed and listen to the first part of this episode. Grab a bottle of wine and enjoy. theme of scams, I recently started to get into, because because I just happen to love trash reality TV, 90 Day Fiance. Well, first of all, I started with Love After Lockup, which if you want to talk about- caviar of trash television. (laughs) If you want to talk about trash TV, that really is the absolute bottom of the barrel. How they even get people to agree to go on this show, I'm not sure. But that show is about people who date people who are in prison. And then you watch the process of they how they get out and how the relationship works now that they have to be together on the outside. Um, or doesn't work. <laughs> right. But that then led me to, once I watched all of those episodes, 98 Fiance, which is about the... So I don't know if you guys know this, but when you are trying to get married to someone who is a foreign national you have to apply for what's called the K-1 visa. And that visa, they have to apply for it, I think, before they even come here. So you're doing it at the American embassy of whatever place you're in. And essentially, you go in and they ask you all these questions and you have to show them evidence that you guys have been together for all this time and pictures and texts and you have to have not committed any crimes and blah, blah, blah. And... The visa, once you get it, allows you to come into the United States for 90 days and you have to have legally married an American citizen within those 90 days or you have to get sent back to whatever country you're coming from. So that's what 90 Day Fiance is following people during that 90 days and then the it leads up to ultimately whether they actually do get married at the end of the 90 days or not. Some of them do, some of them don't. So the whole concept of the show really is kind of a scam. Trash. Because, <laughs> because you, as you're watching it, some of these people, they find their fiance through, hey, I was vacationing in Jamaica and I met this guy on the beach and then we stayed in touch when I went back and blah, blah, blah. And so it was more of an organic thing. But a lot of them are just, yeah, I'm a Twitch streamer and I live in my mom's basement and I met... Irina Slutskaya online and Slutskaya <laughs> and ask her to come over and be my fiance. 
And so it's some of them really feel just straight up mail order bride situations. It's they thousand percent. They don't speak English. It's these old fat guys who are, you know, bringing over women that are, they just turned 18 last week and they're from a poor country where they don't have any money. And so their family's excited about them being able to go to the U.S. And so. Well, keep in mind here, though, the best part is that some of the people that come over, these mail order bride types, they are not, they're not good actresses. They'll say flat out, yeah, if you didn't have money, I'd bounce. <laughs> That's what makes it so amazing because they're not even committed to the fantasy for 90 days. <laughs> well, my thing is that's why I don't have sympathy for some of these guys because because what, what happened is very few of them actually are wealthy. Most of them are just normal, everyday people. But I don't feel bad for these guys who are, you know, essentially being used for their money because you knew that. Some of them not only know that the women are coming over because of their money, but they explicitly mislead them to think that they're living this high life and, oh, I'm going to buy you this, I'm going to buy you that, I'm going to take care of you and blah, blah, blah. And then the girls get here and you live in a studio apartment with a roommate and you drive a hoop from 1997. Let's be real. Those relationships, they're both using each other. The women are using the men because they want money and status and to get out of their country. And the men are using the women because they want to shoot it somewhere warm once in a while. <laughs> so they're both using each other. Well, that's the thing. That's why, well, that's what I'm saying. That's why I don't feel bad for them. But there are some cases that are more obvious of, okay, this is clearly an arrangement. But there's other mm -hmm. ones where it's more ambiguous, where it's, it, it's more the person has deluded themselves into thinking that they that it's that the person actually loves them when it's clear that they don't and all their friends and family are Chaz this is she's clearly just coming over here for a green card what are you doing and he's like no we're really in love and uh, you don't know her bro you don't know her yeah and there's one on the season that I'm watching and I'm not entirely caught up. I don't know what season the show is on now, but I think I'm on season six. And there's this guy, I think his name is Colt. And he's this overweight guy who plays video games and he uh, lives with his mother and they have a joint bank account and they have 12 cats. They live in Las Vegas and he met this Brazilian woman who's obviously way out of his league and I think two weeks is the amount of time they spend together total because he went to visit her he proposed to her and before he brings her over he has this I think a cousin of his who's actually his, his cousin and, and the cousin's wife were actually normal and sane and they try to give him advice and they're like, so how, how do you know that you're in love with her what do you think about her and he was well when I got off the plane and saw her turn around it was she was moving in slow motion and it was out of a movie and i just knew and it was huh so you're basically just saying you her because she looks good she's the one guys she texts back okay <laughs> which like if that's the case if you are fine with just okay she's essentially a high class escort <laughs> then 
and you're fine with that, then so be it. But it, it's the it's the deluding, delusion. Yeah, it's the deluding yourself into thinking that this is a real, genuine relationship that kills me because it's just look at you, look at her. <laughs> Why else do you think that she would want to come here and be with you, unless it was for either a green card or for money? It just it doesn't it, it doesn't add up. But so. Most of the, the cases are similar to that, where you're watching it, trying to figure out for yourself, is this real or is this a scam green card situation? And sometimes you realize, you know, maybe they are kind of genuine. And then sometimes, yeah, this is obviously a sham. So there is this woman from, I think, season three named Narkia, and she was on Facebook in a group for plus size women or something. And she met this guy named Lowo, who told her that he told her a certain story of who he was. And once she started talking to him and investigating, she realized that he basically lied to her about everything. So I'm going to play a clip from that right now. And we just really mesh well together. Both kind of adventurous, outgoing, funny. He's just a really fun person. And at that time, he told me he was a Nigerian prince. He also told me he was living in Alabama. He had a son. And that his son's mother had passed away. And I started to feel a little suspicious. So I went into Inspector Gadget mode. I found some really big lies. I found out that he had another social media profile. Then I see a picture of a woman with his son. This was his son's mother, very much alive and not dead. I reached out to her, and she told me that Lowell was in Vietnam studying business. And that is when I realized that I've been catfished. Ciao. It was really pictures of him, so I wouldn't call it catfishing. He just straight up lied to your ass. That's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's catfishing. Well, that goes back to what I was asking about on one of our other episodes where I was, it's, hold on, I just got to pour another thing of wine on this mess. Hold so, on, hold on, I'll join you. Here we go, here we go. So, but no, it's it's catfishing when it's in relation to appearance, not what zip code or country are you currently in. But he lied to her basically about everything. Yeah, like, men are trash. Moving on. <laughs> if you're, he basically he said she he said he was a Nigerian prince. That was a lie. He said that he lived in Alabama. That was a lie. He said that he. His child's mother, his ex, was dead. I tell people my exes are dead. <laughs> yeah, but it's different when it's an ex who's actually the mother of your child who's still living. But those were his pictures. <laughs> right, that's true. I just yeah. think he's just a big-ass liar. I, I wouldn't associate the term catfishing with it. Yeah. So, believe it or not, <laughs> in the spirit of 90 Day Fiancé... After finding out that he lied about everything, 
she forgave him and still continued to date him. Which just blows my fucking mind. <laughs> because it's just, did you ever listen to Dirty John, the podcast? Mm-mm. That it's the same thing with Dirty John. As good of a podcast as it was in terms of how it was crafted, I lost interest after the third episode when she, the woman basically found out that he lied to her about everything. He lied to her about who he was and his background and he even lied about where he was going to work every day he said he was an anesthesiologist and he wasn't and she had to follow him to work to find out that, it, that he wasn't and then after all of that she still continued dating him and i'm like how how oh, I, can't... I can i can tell you how there are some very desperate women out there who will put up with pretty much anything instead of being alone I just can't. I get being desperate enough to lower your standards. But it's another thing to me when the person is literally lying to you about who they actually are. Because then to me, this isn't even a real relationship because I don't even know who I'm dating. I don't know who you really are. I don't know even if now you're completely telling me the truth. Buy a vibrator. To me, it's there's no... I, I a vibrator just... can't spoon you at night. <laughs> I just can't bring you flowers. You can't ask you how your day was. Well, the really expensive ones probably can, but <laughs> yeah, I I don't I don't get it either. It's it's the same thing to me when you see women that stay with men where it's he fucking cheated on me again. Girl, why are you hanging around? <laughs> what more evidence? Do you need what better reason to just cut the shit and just get out? Well, but on the most on the season that I'm on right now, there's a woman who she's a white woman. She's very attractive. I think she's in her late 20s. Maybe she's 30. And she met this guy who's younger. He's 20. And she met <clears> him <throat> when she <laughs> right. Yeah. First red flag. But she met him when she was vacationing in Jamaica. He's from Kingston, Jamaica. And she kept in touch with him after she came back. And they kept dating. And now he just came over and, and they're getting married. And I'm look, I get if you, you go on vacation, you're in Jamaica or the Dominican Republic, and you're pulling some house style got her group back type shit. But that's just have a fling. Just have him lay down the D and have a good time on the beach and then uh, keep Then pushing. leave his ass on the island. <laughs> he is not invited back. He served his purpose. What a great holiday that was. Leave his ass <laughs> on the island. But to think that this person is, a, is an appropriate partner to get married... I just don't understand. And they, the guy is a huge player. He's no, Both him and his father are known in Kingston, Jamaica for having a thousand girlfriends and just sleeping with a different woman every night and just being this big playboy and all this other stuff. And she knows that. And she has this friend, uh, her best friend, who I don't know how she found out, but somehow through a third party, she found out that the guy was with other girls while they were apart and essentially not even essentially she literally straight up says to her friend 
I don't care. If Jesus came down now and told me that he cheated on me, I wouldn't care. That's literally what she said. Well, enjoy getting fitted for that clown mask, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't, I just can't understand that level of burying your head in the sand. I don't get it either. (laughs) I don't understand it at all. I I mean, have an an open relationship then if you don't think your partner is going to be faithful and you're okay with it. But the idea of you just being, yeah, he's, he knows that we're supposed to be together, but he's cheating and I, I don't care. It, huh? Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. Mm-mm. Well, and I wonder how much of you, how much do you think it's playing it up for the camera or that's legit their personality? Of the chick saying, Jesus could come down and tell me he's cheating and I wouldn't care. Do you real? is that a real person? That can't be real. If it weren't real, I wouldn't want to humiliate myself like that on television. Yeah. You know what I mean? Why would you want to, why would you want to make yourself look that stupid unless it was real? Well, and now we know the amount of stupid people out there when I see shit about not taking away my fucking rights. I don't wear no goddamn masks. So yeah, that's, you're right. Stupid people abound. What was I thinking? (laughs) I'm curious. I'm, I want to look back and see if there's any 90 Day Fiance people who, after the fact, any of the American ones were like, oh yeah, I now realize that I was scammed and they divorced me after two years and now they got their green card and just bounced. I feel worse about the people that come over and the ones that they're marrying can't obtain the visa, so they have to be sponsored by parents and then they're on the hook for them for 10 years. Oh, okay, yeah. So that brings us to Nicole and Azen. <laughs> Love it. Love it. My favorite. So Nicole is this young 20-something-year-old woman. She's very mm. overweight. She's socially awkward, in my opinion. And everyone else's opinion. <laughs> and her everyone in her family seems to recognize that she's not... She's an adult woman. She has a child, this daughter named May, who I think is three or four. And everyone seems to accept that she's an adult woman, but basically has the maturity of a teenager, a 14-year-old. She's just delusional about everything. She met this guy, Azen, who's who lives in Morocco. And here's a, a situation that is a question of catfishing, because... I don't know if they said this on the show. Maybe they did and I missed it. But somebody on Twitter told me that at some point, Azen basically said that he felt that Nicole catfished him because in all the time he had spoken to her over Skype and seen pictures of her, she only showed her face. And she would do it from angles that I guess made him think that she was thin and so, yeah, well, the episode where they first meet in person, he even says how he was surprised to see how big she actually is. Yeah. And then he started bringing up how she needed to work out. But my thing is, okay, so that was the very first time that they met. They had been speaking for months on the internet before they met for the first time, which he can't come to the U.S. yet. So she's had to have visited him over in Morocco. And... She goes to Morocco for the first time alone, and they're asking her, do you know anything about Morocco? Have you done any research? She's no. And I'm just like, how do you go to a place like Morocco 
or any for even I the first time I went to Canada for the first time I was googling just just general stuff that you're kind of curious about when you go to a place you don't know especially if it's a foreign country um, plus we've all seen Taken so there's that <laughs> but especially if you're going to a place in Morocco that is so culturally different from the U.S. and is so far away how do you not how do you not even just have the curiosity to be like, oh let me just on the 25 hour plane ride here do a quick wikipedia remember <laughs> that part earlier when you said she's a white woman <laughs> that would explain that curiosity being lacking <laughs> i don't i just don't understand so anyway she gets there and he's trying to tell her we can't kiss in public we can't hold hands in public in my country we don't that's not allowed if you're not married and she keeps giving him shit about it the entire time and basically making it seem like he doesn't want to, he, he's trying to avoid touching her because he doesn't want to be affectionate well, with her. Well, to be fair, I feel like he doesn't like her and he didn't want to. Right. He very well may have been using it as an excuse because he really didn't want to touch her. But she keeps being a brat about it the entire time. And he keeps trying to explain to her, you can't grab my hand. You can't do it. You're being disrespectful to my culture by doing this and there was even a part where they i think the first trip she took there they stayed in a hotel while they while she was there and mm -hmm. i don't remember if they had to sleep in separate rooms or just separate beds or i think they did have it was separate, separate rooms. rooms yeah and she was all upset about that she's oh but i wanted to she didn't say it but in so many words she wanted to have sex with him clearly when she while she was there well, she said cuddle she wanted to cuddle girl please you wanted to get that back blown out. But he's like, you can't do this, that this isn't allowed here. And it was, it's just, I just can't understand as an adult person not being able to understand this is a different country. This is a different culture. You can't just come here and just do whatever you want. The fact that she has, first of all, the fact that she has a child is terrifying to me. <laughs> it truly is. Because she is the dumbest person ever on the face of the planet. And... Thank God she has grandparents in the picture that are sane and know that Nicole is a fucking idiot. But <laughs> she so she comes there for that one trip and it would turn out to be a disaster. They get into all these fights. And to me, when I watch it, I think, okay, this is a person who is clearly not going to be with her anymore now that he's seen that she's not the size that he thought and seen that she's a pretty much trash person and just everything. But then the reunion comes around and he wasn't there in person, but he was there on Skype. And they basically were acting as though, yeah, we're still together. We still talk. We still this, that, and the other. And then in the subsequent season, they bring Nicole and Azim back and she goes to Morocco again, but this time brings her daughter. And she was there for three months. Like she was there for a long time, for the entirety of the season. And they actually stay in Azin's house this time, I think. And yep. she meets all his family. And I have to say, his family, all of whom didn't speak any English, were so nice and sweet to her, despite the fact that she's a brat. But yeah. they treated her really well. And there was a scene where they were, I think it was the first night that she got there, maybe, or the first night that she um, stayed with his family. His aunt had made this whole big feast for them. And she was acting like a a little bratty three-year-old like, like at a restaurant. She wouldn't eat it. She was making all these faces. She was just so rude. And 
it was just, it's painful to watch <laughs> because they're completely so nice and graceful to her, despite the fact that she's a piece of shit. And they were so sweet to her daughter, too. Yeah. So, yeah. And I remember the first season that she was on when she went to Morocco, she started pouting when they went out for lunch and was talking about how she wanted French fries and stuff. And he was, well, I thought you said you were going to try and eat better and have more vegetables. And she's, yeah. It's girl, you're in Morocco and you're ordering French fries. <laughs> what is the point in you going to, it's going to fucking Italy and being like, hey, do you guys have chicken fingers? Bitch. <laughs> yeah, that's well, going to Italy and asking where's Olive Garden. <laughs> right, yeah. What the hell are you doing? But I think it says something about the type of person she is, that she clearly has no respect or interest in learning another culture. This is somebody who, and I think, I forget which season it was, but her, I believe her mother or something, or her sister, one of her, somehow she had a family friend who lived in Morocco, um, a different part of it, but close enough where they could come to visit. And she had, she was an American who had married someone from there as well, I believe. And basically they went out to lunch and she gave her advice about the whole situation. And she, just about what it's coming from a different culture and marrying someone from Morocco. And she clearly didn't take any of the advice to heart because she just has no respect or interest in learning anything about his culture. And he says this throughout the show that he feels so disrespected by her that she seems to have put zero effort into trying to acclimate to his culture while she's over there. And he's like, we can do this, that, and the other when we're in America, but right now you're in Morocco. And so you can't just come over here and be a bull in a China shop American just doing what you want to do when you're in my country. So my thing is, in the second season that they are in together, he didn't even show up for the finale. <laughs> it was pretty dramatic because every other spouse was there and he was supposed to dial in on Skype at a certain time when he never did. And all the producers are trying to contact him. He doesn't answer. Nicole tries to contact him. He doesn't answer. And <laughs> her mother, I think, was there with her on both reunions. And the mother basically just spends every reunion reading her own daughter to filth, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. She said Nicole's naive and she's stupid and she makes all the wrong decisions. And she, and then they reveal in this season, in the second season reunion, the mother basically spills the tea that all this time she's been sending Asin all this money. And actually, I think Asin may have mentioned it briefly at some point during the season. Or yeah, that Nicole is quote-unquote, helping him out. Right. Because at this whole time, I'm thinking, we're two seasons in. This guy clearly is not attracted to her. He clearly doesn't really enjoy spending time with her. So why does he keep this up? And so it started to make sense once I started talking about the fact that Nicole keeps sending him money. And I think um, the host, I forget who is the host of the reunions. I think it may be Sean Robinson um, from Access Hollywood. But there's a woman who's the like Andy Cohen of the reunions. And she basically straight up asks Nicole at some point, what's the total amount of money that you've sent him? And the mother like goes to try to answer the question and Nicole like shuts it down. She's like, no, stop, stop. You need to stop. And so it's clear that she's given him, this is not somebody who's well, she's a freaking barista 
who's a single mother, and she's been sending God knows how much money to this dude in Morocco for years. What? But so I, I think Asim's scamming her, in my opinion, and he probably has yes. some other girlfriend in Morocco that he doesn't that she doesn't know about and all this other shit. But maybe he thought that there would be some hot American woman that loves 90 Day Fiance and they would see him and slide into his DMs. <laughs> maybe that's what he was hoping for. Yeah, I don't know, but they're apparently still together. Like okay. I, I Sure, just, Jan. <laughs> I literally just asked my Twitter followers yesterday, are Nicole and Aslan still together? And somebody was like, yeah, here's their Instagram. They post pictures all the time. They're still together. And I'm like, well, if the uh, checks are still making their way to Aslan, of course they are. <laughs> the Western unions. <laughs> mm-hmm. Get that wiretap to go through. My thing is, if I were her mother, and maybe she probably has said it, but I would say, stop sending him money altogether and see if he continues to be in contact with you. And that should but tell mom, you everything. then how can he buy a phone card to call me? <laughs> but see, this is another thing where it's, it's almost in her mind, she knows that he's not really into her, but she is willing to accept it anyway. A thousand percent. Yeah. But so that's 90 Day Fiance. It's, uh, if you're looking, especially during quarantine, for just some mindless shit to watch that is, it's, it's every episode is basically watching a train wreck. 10 out of 10 would recommend. <laughs> so if you're looking for that kind of television, it's it, it airs on TLC. There's, I don't know how many seasons of it, eight or nine, but then there's also all these spinoffs. So before the 90 days, after the 90 days, 90 days. What day is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think this show is a big hit for them, so they just try to milk it for all it's worth. Um, so the on the couch segment for this episode is going to be also scam theme and it's actually related to the 90 day fiance stuff because most of these people do meet their people online but we're going to talk about online dating scams and what the red flags are that people should be looking for when they start talking to someone or meet them i want to play I really got, I'm, I've become kind of obsessed with scams and so I've been listening to a lot of scam podcasts. There's one called Swindle that's really good, but it, each episode is a different scam. It's this podcast where he basically just um, narrates the whole story, but he talks, he's, I don't know, one of the fucking campfire kids in Are You Afraid of the Dark? It's just, <laughs> it's kind of annoying. But, but the, the content of the show is really good. But then there's also this other one that AARP does called... Bitch, you did not just say. There's a good one AARP did. Yes, it actually is. It's a... Well, because here's the thing. It's called The Perfect Scam. So I guess AARP, they decided to sponsor it. Because all their people be... are getting fucking scammed, these boomers. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Are we that old already that we're listening to AARP podcasts? Fuck. Okay, but it's a really good podcast if you're interested in hearing about scams. And actually some of the scammers, I would say most of the people on there who are scammed are not, are not really elderly, but it's just- um, I'll give it a look. It's really good. But so one of the co-hosts is actually Frank Abagnale, who is the guy who, the movie Catch Me If You Can, he was the Leonardo DiCaprio character in real life. And so after all of that stuff and he went to prison and yada, he, 
then went to go work for the FBI and still works for them as a consultant to help them figure out all these scams. And so he's on each episode giving his commentary and helping people to avoid the scams. So there's a lot of, not every episode is as good as the last. You can go through the descriptions and read them to see which ones you find interesting. But one of my favorite ones was called A Hiker's Trail of Lies. It's actually a two-part episode. And it was about this woman who, her name is Melissa, and she met this guy named Jeff online. Or actually, it may not have, it may not have even been online. It may have been in the days when they were still doing the phone chat lines. Ooh, the party line? Yeah. But she, for, either way, she ended up talking to him, and she it was one of those things where when they first talked on the phone, they were on the phone for two days straight, just talking and getting to know each other and finishing each other's sentences, and it was just, they couldn't stop. And so at some point, he ends up telling her that the, I guess he's, he just recently moved to this town and he's looking for a permanent apartment. But at the time he was staying in an Airbnb or something, or he, he was staying in, he was subletting a room in some people's house and it was a couple and they were arguing all the time. And so he was saying, I got to go stay at a hotel for a couple of nights or something because this is driving me crazy. And this woman, Melissa, who, by the way, has children, I think two children, two minor children. She says, oh, why don't you come stay at my house? <gasps> Big mistake. Huge. So this woman, Melissa, she says, well, why don't you come stay with us for those couple of nights rather than come out of pocket to stay at this hotel? Now, mind you, the plan was him to just stay there a couple of nights while he found another place to go. But this is somebody who she literally doesn't know from all on the ground, aside from their phone conversations. So um, I'm going to play a little clip from the podcast where she explains how uh, she came to realize that this online dater was a scammer. This is the day that he's supposed to pay me back. And he had told me he would pay me for all the gas, going to the casino. He had borrowed 200 but he was going to give me 300 back. And so he borrows my car to go to the bank. And about 30 minutes later, he messages and says, we have a problem. And I'm like, what's the problem? And he said that the Colorado branch of his bank would not issue him a new debit card. He was going to have to go to Denver to get the debit card. And he was, can I use your car to go to Denver? And I was like, oh, I don't know. How long is, how long are you going to take? He's like, I'll be, I'm going to go up there and I'll be right back. I should be back by noon. You like this guy enough. He's been around that there are zero red flags. Yeah. The only red flag, and it, I noticed it as soon as he said it, when we were at the casino, he was talking to another guy. We were playing, I don't remember what we were playing, but a blackjack. And there was another guy at the table, and they were talking about Alaska because the other guy had spent some time in Alaska. And Jeff made a comment about his mom, and he said, my mom is Inuit. And that struck me because my mother has been dead, at the time had been dead for about 12 years, and I would have never said she is Inuit. I would have said she was Inuit. 
I thought to myself, well, that's odd. Why would he use his mother in the present tense if she's dead? But then I was like, you know, everybody deals with things differently. That was how I explained it. Like maybe to him, you know, he's, I don't know. That, But that was the only red flag that I had. So he goes off to Denver to the bank, supposedly, in your car. He said that he needed gas for the car to go to Denver. So he asked me if he could use one of the credit cards in my car to get gas. And I said, what credit card? And he was, there's two credit cards here. And he described them to me. And one of them was my credit card. And the other one was my bank card. And I was, how are those in the car? And he's, I don't know. They're just here. So again, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. And I told him that he could use one of the cards. So, but in your mind at this point, he's going off to Denver. Yes, he's going off to Denver. So Jeff heads down the road in Melissa's car with her bank cards, telling her he'll be back later that day. And then at 2 o'clock, he messages me and says, oh, my gosh, traffic is terrible. I just got here. And I was like, okay, well, hurry up and get back. I need my car. And he's like, no problem. And then I didn't hear from him again, and I started getting really nervous. And about 5 o'clock, I, I, I was messaging him, and around 5 o'clock, he messages back and says, chill out. I'm in the parking lot. And I was what parking lot? And he said, the bank parking lot. And I was like, in Denver? And he said, yes. And I said, I need my car, and I need my car right now. And then that was the last thing I heard from him. And so finally, at about 8 o'clock that night, I called the police, and I reported it. Girl. I can't. What do you mean? That's my bank card and my credit card. What's it doing in the car? I don't know. It's just in here. That I immediately would have shut those cards off. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope, nope, nope. To keep in mind, this is somebody who she had been talking to maybe for a couple of weeks prior to this point. That she invited to come live in her home, albeit temporarily, with her two young daughters. And this guy, first of all, it should be a fucking red flag to anybody who's dating, whether it's online or otherwise, if within the first couple of weeks, they're asking you for money, period. Even if it's just 20 bucks, I would, I would just never ever feel comfortable asking somebody that I barely knew for money. I don't feel comfortable asking people I've known all my life for money. Exactly. So I've like, been if in you're... long-term relationships and I've never once asked for money. That's, mm-mm. No, no. So that should have been your first fucking red flag. When he, and I guess he gave her some story about how, oh, I'm waiting for my check to clear or blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, I guess you got to wait for that motherfucking check to clear, bitch. Because I have, I'm a single mom. I have two kids. I can't afford to be loaning money out to people that I barely know. Sorry. So she agrees to loan him this initial $100. Then it turns into $200. Then he says he needs to borrow her car to go. Now, I don't know exactly where she lives, how far it is from Denver. But it seemed, the way that they told the story, it seemed it was a long distance at least an hour or two. And so you have this guy who, first of all, you know good and damn well those bank cards were not in your dash and that or in your glove compartment. And he fucking stole that shit when he was in your house and put it in there so he could mis- accidentally stumble across it while he was driving. But 
Because who the fuck leaves their bank card and their credit card in their glove compartment? No one. Not a <laughs> single person in life does that. So here's this guy who still hasn't paid you back the $200 that you loaned him. He took your car to God knows where. And it's now 48 hours later. He was supposed to bring your shit back the same day, bitch. <laughs> and she should have just told his ass to go down the block and check out a Hertz or a rent-a-car. Well, and he would have had to borrow more money from her in order to do that. He can go sing on the corner or something. Does he know guitar? <laughs> That's so not her fucking problem. Um, Where's all love- the money that he supposedly had to keep staying at that Airbnb even longer? Yeah. If he would have cut his stay short, he would have gotten some money back. So none of this tracks. I would be I suggest you log into the internet and open an OnlyFans. Because. <laughs> Make sure you get people on the month tier to sign up. <laughs> start showing some dick or something because I'm not giving you any money. And then to let him take your car. And then once he's there, I mean, it's not like he said. It's not like he took the debit card and credit card and used it without her permission. He called her and asked her, and she gave him permission to use her damn debit card and uh, credit card. Dispute the charges. <laughs> well, I don't know if you can dispute charges that you authorized, is the thing. <laughs> if you give somebody your card and tell them they're allowed to make purchases, that's not an illegal transaction. Well, but then doesn't it become he said, she said? Because she could just say, no, I never told him that he could use it. Yeah, but if you're disputing a transaction, you're, it's your burden to prove that you... Oh, you tell I never dispute shit. <laughs> to prove that this wasn't you. So, mm-hmm. so here she is. And she's finally decided, okay, this guy clearly is not who he says he is. And I need to call the police. Which apparently she only realized after her friends told her to. And the police are like... Girl, this isn't a stolen car. You gave him the keys. Like, bitch, nice try, gave... though. <laughs> you gave him the keys. You told him that he could drive to the bank. Uh, but the fact that he's actually texting back and forth with the police, saying, I told this bitch I was bringing back her car tomorrow. Why are you bothering me? I do remember that she did end up getting her car back eventually. From the fucking impound. <laughs> The Probably police. with a homeless dude that had lived in it for a week and shit all over the back. <laughs> I think three weeks went by before she actually got the car back. Oh my God. Yeah. he no. Because it was just, it kept being one thing after another. It was, oh, I, I stopped off to stay in a hotel for a night because the drive was too long. and like She every... let that shit go for three weeks? No, I'm sorry. Hey, my big ass cousin Bubba, he's lending me his truck. Send me her address. I'm on my way. Well, no, I think the police were at that point looking for him and looking for the car, but they couldn't find their their best bet in getting the car back was getting him to agree to bring it back as opposed to them finding it in their own ways, which eventually they would obviously find him, but it would be quicker if he would agree to bring it back. So I think they were in contact with him throughout the whole time, trying to get him to voluntarily bring it back. Um, I low-key hope he responded to some of those cops' texts with, chill out. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, that's the part that I thought was hilarious. You're really telling somebody to chill out after you stole their goddamn car and... Mm-hmm. And, and cards. And their bank cards and everything else. <laughs> but from what I can remember from when I listened to the podcast, and at this point it was like five months ago, I think, he had done this to a bunch of other people. He was just a serial con artist and had done this to so many other women who he would just go keep going from one scam to the next. And... Yeah, men can really only lock down their crazy for about three months max. So, <laughs> Well, the thing yeah. is that if you listen to the way she told the story, he was very smart to do little things at the beginning to gain her trust. Like coming over with food and cooking dinner for her daughters or volunteering to take her kid to the mall or when she See, was... See, that part um, creeped me out. Well, maybe I'll drive him to the mall. That way we can bond. All right. <laughs> let's pump the brakes a little bit. That's too fast. How many weeks was this? Get fucked. I, well, I can't. Well, she's a nope. single mom. She's in that mode of being desperate to find a father figure for her kids. and Fuck that. Have a nice neighbor. That's not. <laughs> it's hard dating when you're a single parent because you have to make sure your kids like them and that they're willing to accept the fact that you have children because... And a lot of people don't. So I think it was in her mind, I think she was reading everything in the most rosy, romantic, flowery way. Yeah, she was not, she she was trying to see the best case scenario and everything. But stupid. um, (laughs) Dumb. But yeah, and then so she says there was the red flag about him having previously told her that his mom was dead which i don't know if i played that part of the clip but he basically said that his parents had died in a car crash and and then later he revealed that also his wife had died in a car crash as well and so he was a widower so first of all anytime and his anyone, five-month-old daughter right yeah but anytime anybody tells me that they have family that died in a car crash, I'm just, this sounds too Lifetime Movie of the Week for me, and I don't buy it. Because it's I mean, just, I almost died in a car crash. Yeah, but for somebody to say their entire family died in a car crash, that's not something that happens every day. It's just, it, it would just, to me, it would seem too... Convenient? Outside, yeah, just too convenient that you don't have any family because they're all dead and they all died in the same car accident. It just doesn't, no. And then she says, oh, she mentions the red flag of him talking about his mother in the, in the present tense when they were gambling. But then also there was the thing where she was getting the money out of the ATM and he was making this big production of, oh, let me turn around so I don't look at your pin number. But well, he like didn't need the- to look because he was taking the cards <laughs> less than a week later. So why would he need to look? It's fine. He already but- had it. He looked a different time. He already knew. He didn't need to say it. <laughs> But my thing is, it's you see that they do these tiny little things telling you that their whole family died in a car crash to get sympathy or just little stuff that makes themselves seem trustworthy. What would you say if some... So let's say you have a... Or let's say it's you. You're in a relationship right now, but you spent a lot of time in the online dating space. So if you started talking to a guy off of Plenty of Fish... <laughs> Which, Girl, oh, please. Yes. That, that oh, is yes. a read. No, I that just remember. I just, read. I just remembered that's where she met him. She met him off of Plenty of Fish. <laughs> of course, that's where she fucking met him. Which I think like, it's in their bylaws. You have to be on there to scam in order to sign up for a fucking account. <laughs> Girl, Plenty of Fucking Fish. That should have been your first fucking clue. That's grocery shopping at fucking Aldi. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, I don't plenty get it. of fucking fish, bitch. Come on. Mm-mm. But so, so anyway, give but let's... me a more respectable dating app, please, and then I'll play <laughs> along. Okay, let's say it's okay, Cupid, which is like one okay. ever so slightly step up from plenty of fish, but not much. Yeah, um, it's not. But go ahead. <laughs> I was on there for a minute. Continue. Yeah. So you start talking to a guy, and. The conversation's going well. You've been messaging back and forth. And for a couple of days, you eventually move it to text message. And he says he wants to meet up. So what are the things that would alarm you if he said in the online conversations that would make you kind of wary Um, of meeting up with him? Should I just recite things that have been said to me or should I? (laughs) Sure, why not? I've literally, I literally had a guy, we were talking back and forth and the conversation was going kind of well. And he was like, so like, I'd love to hang out sometime this week. Cause I had a very strict rule of not giving out my phone number until I had met the person in real life because I didn't, having someone's phone number these days, we're all, our phones are extension of ourselves. So I wouldn't give my phone number out until I had actually met the person. So we just message on the app back then. Wait, so you I changed would my actually... ways eventually. You would actually meet up with them, and at that point, you still didn't have each other's phone numbers. Correct. But only okay. in public places, crowded public places. Okay. But no, I had this guy say to me, yeah, I'd love to go out for a drink this week. And I was okay, yeah, where are you thinking? And we threw out a couple places that were kind of in-between-ish of where the two of us live. And he was, oh, yeah, I love that place. And I was like, yeah, they have a really good beer selection. And he was like, yeah, so would you be able to pick me up? And I immediately was like, um. Wait, so it's a place that's in between where you two live and you would have to drive completely out of your way to pick him up and then drive back the other direction. That's correct. (laughs) So I asked him. Bitch, you better get an Uber. (laughs) Well, me being a moron, I was like, oh, is your car in the shop? And he was like, no, I have four DUIs. And I was like, So, you know, there's that. That's nothing but winners. Wait, um, so what was your response when he said that? Unmatched. <laughs> oh, you so you didn't meet, meet up with him? Fuck no, well, I, I didn't. I don't know how low your standards were back then. Ouch. <laughs> read. You're just reading me for filth. No, but I think I had a certain checklist of things that I was uncomfortable I'm just dying with. I the fact that he was so forthcoming to just be like, yeah, I got four of you. Like, if I if it were me, I would have come up with, I would have been like, yeah, you're, yeah, it is my car that's in the shop. And then you revealed the four DUIs after the third or fourth date. But he was just right out with it, child. <laughs> yeah, but also let's keep in mind, if he would have said my car is in the shop, my response would have been, well, th- thank God for Uber, huh? Get fucked. I'm not coming to pick you up. I did have, uh, for me, warning flags were proximity to divorce because a lot of the men and women on dating apps are fresh out of divorce and just looking for strange. So there were literally times where I'd be talking to someone on the dating app and I would always joke there must be something wrong with my settings because fucking everyone that I match with just got divorced. But there was one guy I matched with And he was, oh, so you ever been married? And I was like, "Uh, no, I'm very smart and lucky. So no, I have not ever been married. And I said, have you? And he said, yeah. And I said, oh, freshly divorced. And he said, well, we're separated. (laughs) Nope, I don't play any of that stuff. So proximity to divorce, I think, is a major warning flag. But wouldn't you, 
it's better that he at least was honest with you about that as opposed to telling you that he was divorced slash single. And then after you're already in it, then you find out that you've been made the other woman. I've already had my heart broken before by a man fresh out of divorce. That was, yeah. So no, I learned that lesson the hard way. I'll never do it again. And that's well, the tea. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I did date men that were fresh out of divorce where the papers were signed. It was good. And those relationships ended terribly because, and this could be a whole other episode, but I think once you go through a divorce, it's some real dark times. And yeah, so I, I will never do that again. Not that soon after divorce. There is one guy I dated, one of the best relationships I ever had, who had been divorced a year and a half when I met him. And we had a great relationship. So, but to me, the closer it is to the actual date, or if they're only separated, that's a warning flag. If they don't have their own car, unless we're living in a, obviously in a city, then that kind of makes me weird. I think knowing their job is important. And yeah, for me, the biggest warning flag is how close are they to divorce? How recent was it? And do they have their shit somewhat together? Not that you have to have everything perfect and solid, but is your shit somewhat together? Right. But those are good things to think about as far as if someone's being genuine, but it's just not a good idea for you to get into a relationship with them but and but if someone were actually going into it intentionally trying to scam you what would i guess obviously asking for money is a huge red flag which luckily i've never had anyone do but i don't know if you have either asking for money um asking to come live with you which yeah. I'm not going to spill your tea, but. <laughs> Bread. <laughs> you've had a few. He didn't ask to come had, live with You've me. had a few who have come over to spend the night and then just didn't leave for a while. But, you know, God bless the boys in blue sometimes because you just call them up and they are here. <laughs> Get them out. <laughs> White woman in trouble. Absolutely. Um, But obviously, if they're being dodgy about details about their life, if you're asking them normal questions, oh, where are you from? And what school did you go to? Or what, where's your family live? Or you're asking them about their exes and they're giving you, they're not being forthcoming with the information. Yeah. That's obviously a red flag. Yeah. But I feel, I don't know, I guess we all like to think we're pretty good at sniffing out someone who's trying to scam us, but everybody who's been scammed probably thinks that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But luckily, I've never... I mean, I've just had bad dates. Just dates that didn't go well or didn't go anywhere. But I've never had anyone where it was they were misleading or they didn't turn out to be who they said they were or anything like that. So I've been lucky in that sense. But but I I don't know. I feel maybe this type of activity goes on a lot more with straight people because (laughs) I think women probably are more susceptible to being emotionally manipulated by guys who are giving them sob stories or because women have a natural i think inclination to want to like help people especially if you're in your 30s 40s 50s you're not a spring chicken anymore and you maybe are in your 
you've had your first or second marriage or maybe you've got some kids already. You're at a stage in your life when you just want to be settled down, but you don't, you're not having fun being in the dating phase anymore and you just want to find that person and be in the relationship phase. And so you're twisting yourself into a pretzel to make it make sense, even though it's like, girl, he doesn't have a job. He doesn't have an apartment. He doesn't have his own car. What? <laughs> what? Girl, Get a what? cat and travel a lot. That's the answer. Yeah. But I watch Judge Judy every day. Most of the cases on there, the most common cases, are women who lent money to men that they were dating and didn't get it back. Shocking. <laughs> and these dudes have no shame about it. They really don't. And, you, and every single one of them, they've done it before to other women. Um, well, if they were stupid enough to turn their money over, yeah, of course these guys aren't ashamed over, about it. Well, I guess. I don't know. I Do you think they really care about looking a piece of shit? <laughs> they don't. I, that's what I that's what kills me is why you even would agree to come on to national television and be exposed as a scammer. I I don't, <laughs> I don't get it either. But it happens all the time and the worst one, it's one thing when it's just money. But the worst ones are the women who co-sign on cars and shit. That's the dumbest shit I've... Mm -mm. Where I'm like, how could you be so stupid as to co-sign? First of all, the fact that he needs a co-signer in and of itself tells you that he's not reliable with money because he has bad credit. So that in and mm -hmm. of itself is a reason to not be a co-signer. But... But that's when those sob stories come in real handy because his whole family died in a car accident and he had to pay for all the funeral services. So that's why he has bad credit now. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.